I'm Eleanor Mondale. I'm here with Carol Henderson, non-game wildlife program supervisor for the Minnesota DNR, to talk about Minnesota's non-game wildlife program and its efforts to protect the loons. I just love animals, and like many people, when I heard about the oil spill in the Gulf, I wanted to head down there and help somehow with the wildlife in trouble. But since I am unable to do that, I want to do whatever I can here at home to help our wildlife, especially our state bird, the loon. I'm, as I said, I'm with Carol Henderson. Now, Carol, where do loons live in the winter? Well, after completing their nesting season here in Minnesota, the loon families migrate south. Uh, some of them go to the Atlantic seaboard from North Carolina south to Florida, but most of our loons go to the Gulf of Mexico, primarily from Alabama along the Florida panhandle and then south along the western coast of Florida to the Florida Keys. So would I be right to say those loons are in trouble? Yes, of all Minnesota's migratory birds, the loon is probably the most potentially affected by the Gulf oil spill because they are in the areas offshore in the salt water where some of that oil is uh, washing ashore. So how is the loon population doing in Minnesota? Uh, we've been doing annual counts across Minnesota since 1994 on 600 different lakes using volunteers and and we found that most of the loons are holding their own. Uh, the population is stable, and in one area it's actually been increasing. So uh, we've been very fortunate to maintain such a healthy population for so many years. But this is a giant threat. This is probably the biggest threat we've ever seen to Minnesota's loons because so many of them could be in the area uh, in, that's used by the loons for their wintering sites, and especially for young loons, when they fly south, they stay in the Gulf of Mexico or in their wintering areas for two years before coming back at the age of three. So they're going to be exposed even more than the wintering adults are. Now, is it possible to create a habitat for the loons so they don't go down south and they would survive? No, and we've had people wonder what are the alternatives. But loons are a very primitive species of birds. Their behavior, is, I guess you could say, is hardwired, that their migratory path is a fixed path. Their wintering sites are fixed in their genetics so that we can't hold them back, we can't keep them from migrating, and it's very possible that we could lose some proportion of our loon population over the winter to the uh, oil slicks. Let's talk about right here at home, Carol. What forms of mortality do loons face when they're nesting here? Loons have several different kinds of problems. One is that we need to uh, acknowledge the problem created when people are out enjoying Minnesota's lakes. People need to stay away from loon nests in May and June because when the birds are incubating, if you go too close in a kayak or a canoe or a boat and the bird moves off the nest, crows, gulls, or ravens can fly down and eat the eggs or the chicks. And the other problem we have is in midsummer, especially uh, Fourth of July weekend, People are out enjoying the lakes again. There are lots of boats out there, and sometimes people don't watch where they're going, and they'll actually run over a family of loons with their boats. But there are also other very simple things people can do to help the loons. For example, if you see a wad of discarded fish line in the water, this is a threat to loons and other kinds of waterfowl. And when you go to restock your tackle box, look for the non-toxic fishing tackle, the jigs and the sinkers that are not lead because in studies that have been done in Michigan and Wisconsin, they have found that about a fourth of all the loons that they find dead are dead from lead poisoning. All it takes is one little split shot 
to kill a loon. And the reason that this is a problem is that loons are like chickens. They need grit to grind up the little minnows they eat. So they dive to the bottom and they pick up little pebbles. They swallow a little handful of pebbles that they keep in their gizzard, and that's what's used to grind up the minnows. If they accidentally pick up a spent uh, little split shot or sinker or jig, then that will kill them. And just with the simple action of buying non-toxic tackle, that helps to uh, keep the loons alive. And there's another really simple thing you can do, and that is to look at your particular lake, if you're a lakeshore owner or if you're in a lake association, and look at the survival of the loons that are nesting on your lake. If you have loons that are nesting on a shoreline or on a peninsula, they're more vulnerable to predation by otters or raccoons or other terrestrial predators. If you can make a loon nesting platform out in the water, this increases their survival rates and their hatching rates for the chicks. So we need to do everything we can to keep the loons alive here so that we can make it past this crisis in the Gulf. So maybe people have or have not done their taxes. What do they look for for the non-game wildlife checkoff to give a little bit of a donation at tax time? Well, we tell people they need to look for the loon on their Minnesota tax forms. The loon marks the line for this non-game wildlife checkoff, which we've had since 1980. And this is the single most important source of funding for all the kinds of wildlife that we don't hunt. Uh, other sources of wildlife conservation activities have additional sources of funding from licenses or excise taxes, but we depend on donations. And many people go to tax preparers who have their own specialized forms that they use. And so now we realize that when we tell people to look for the loon, many times they don't see the loon anymore because it's on a form that someone else has made. And we also realize that uh, it's easy to forget wildlife when you're under the stress of doing your taxes. So uh, people really need to pay attention at tax time that this is their one big opportunity every year to make that little donation, which averages now about $16 per person. So it's not a huge donation. No, it's not a big donation. But we have so many people who care about Minnesota wildlife that if they just made that one donation every year, uh, that would make a big difference. The other thing we've found is that the donation rate for people who do their own taxes is three to four times higher than for people who go to tax preparers because if they don't see the line with the loon personally, they often forget it when they're with their tax preparer, and many tax preparers may not mention it, in fact. So um, people need to look out for wildlife when they're doing the taxes. But if they forget, there's another opportunity. Uh, people can donate online at the DNR website, mndnr.gov. And another way that some people have helped enormously for wildlife is that they remember the non-game wildlife program when they do their estate planning. And this makes a big difference for helping Minnesota's wildlife legacy. And what a wonderful job you've done. Well, thank you. And thank you so much, Carol. Thank you, Eleanor.